0: Then enter code R slash at checkout. That's R slash, R S L A S H, at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code R slash to get your discount, plus 100% free shipping, and get it fast with rush processing. Use code R slash. Welcome to R slash Pro Revenge, where we have the epic story of a corrupt mayor versus a World War II veteran. Our next Reddit post is from Mace Valve. I've got one gem of a story that my grandfather told me about his hometown after he came back from World War II. At the end of World War II, thousands of troops were heading home, starting new families, and wanted to move out of the city. There was a major housing boom all around the county. People couldn't move out of the cities fast enough, and developers couldn't build homes fast enough either. There was a ton of money to be made in the construction business, which led to some underhanded building practices. One such practice was starting construction before even buying the land. Enter my grandfather. After serving as a pilot during the war, he came home to a very different town. When my grandfather went off to fight in 1942, the town that he described leaving was tired and worn down. But to his amazement, the town that he stepped off the train in 1948 to was anything but. Newly paved roads, a traffic light, and new homes. The new homes just went on and on! He actually got lost on his way back to the family farm due to the new main road being rerouted while he was away. But what took him by surprise the most was the new development being built on his neighbor John's property, who was his childhood friend. This was surprising to him, mainly because he knew how much that tree farm meant to John and his family. That tree farm went back at least two generations. But my grandpa just guessed that the developer made John's family an offer that was too good to refuse. However, that thought was shot down later that evening during his welcome home dinner back home. It was my great grandmother who tipped him off that something was wrong here. He couldn't recall exactly what she said, but it was something along the lines of, Oh, I just wish John was still alive to be here. My grandpa nearly choked, not because of the news, but because John wasn't dead. He was still in Hawaii. My grandpa had gotten a postcard from him not four days before. Turns out that while John was off in the Navy fighting in the Pacific Theater, John's dad had suffered a stroke and passed away. And his mother passed away less than a week later from a broken heart. More than likely, John was never informed of their passing. And now, over 20 homes were being built on John's land. My grandpa just about ran out of the house, jumped into his father's Model T, and raced into town to send one bombshell of a telegraph to John in Hawaii. The telegram read, John, your folks passed. Farm now being built on. Come quick. Signed, Grandpa's name. My grandpa never got a response back. He figures that John must have fainted from shock, then jumped up and ran to the Navy base to get the first boat home. Because John was home in less than four days, and he was mad! According to my grandpa, when he burst through the doors of the mayor's office, everyone in the room looked like they were about to drop dead. The poor desk clerk was fumbling over his words trying to talk to John. Then, the mayor came out of his office to see what all the commotion was about. As soon as the mayor saw John, he went white as a sheet, then ran back into his office and locked the door. Getting nowhere at the mayor's office, John went to the next town over and hired a lawyer. What followed was a seven-year court case that ended in the mayor being sentenced to eight years in jail and the developer going bankrupt. Turns out that after John's parents passed away, John wasn't able to be contacted for some reason and everyone just assumed that he was dead. So, when an out-of-state developer wanted to build homes in the area, the mayor just permitted them to start building on John's farm for a hefty kickback, of course. Also, because of John's lawsuit, the developer couldn't finish the pre-sold homes, which ended up in more lawsuits. In the end, the mayor, the developer, and the town ended up having to pay John close to $45,000 total, which, in today's money, equals about $752,000. And also, his farm had to be returned to its prior condition. To say that John was happy would be a vast understatement. Today, John's tree farm is a nature reserve, and the story of the corrupted mayor is all but forgotten except for by a few locals. John passed away in 1999. My grandpa has been back to his hometown a few times to visit his grave and to check on the old tree farm. Man, what scum of the earth! Not just stealing someone's property, but stealing property from a veteran who is actively fighting in World War II. Our next Reddit post is from Outrageous Duck. I'm a 50 year old man with two stepsons. I consider them my sons because I've been in their life since they were eight and ten, and now they're young men. My wife and I have made it a point to have a great relationship with their dad, Jason, and have made sure that he's had a chance to be around them as much as possible. We've even let Jason stay at our place frequently to be around his boys because he lived over an hour away, and he couldn't afford to live closer. Jason had a crazy ex-girlfriend who tried to claim that they were married, variously saying common law or that they were married in secret or married on an Indian reservation, but Jason has a restraining order against her because she's nuts and has tried to screw up his life in various ways. This ex is a horrible person. She's been arrested several times for forgery and fraud. She and Jason had a fiery relationship, but he had the idea in his head that he should make it work because he did like her daughter and grandson. However, the ex got Jason sent to prison for violating his probation when he left the country to go to his mom's funeral and hadn't filed the appropriate form. After he got out several months later, she wanted him back and he was not having it. He made a clean break, moved to a new town, but she continued to harass Jason, thus leading to the restraining order. She would send text messages to people pretending to be cops investigating, saying that he was drunk driving or taking drugs or pretending to be friends or family and spread rumors and hurt him. She even sent text messages to my kids from burner phones pretending to be other family or friends saying awful things about their dad. Jason died unexpectedly of a heart attack and it was a shock to all of us. He was finally living in peace, had great relationships with friends and his sons, and was the happiest he had ever been. He didn't have much. He lived in a single wide trailer that a friend had let him stay in for free. All he had was boxes of tools, old comics, video games, D&D books and modules, mementos from his times as a marine, and an old 2009 pickup truck, which, on several occasions, he had promised to my oldest son, Paul. Jason did not have a will, and my wife became the executor of the estate because, at the time of Jason's death, both of his sons were minors and sole heirs. We packed up the things out of Jason's trailer and took the truck, which had Jason's name on the title, but we had to wait for the death certificate to retitle it in Paul's name. However, Jason's ex called Jason's sister demanding to have the truck, saying that it was hers and posting on Facebook that she was reporting it stolen, which really pissed me off. After we got the death certificate, we went to the DMV and we found out that Jason's ex had stolen the title to the truck by forging saying that she was the only heir and that we couldn't transfer the title. My son had to drive around with a packet of information from the DMV documenting that he was not, in fact, driving a stolen vehicle. We had to get a lawyer and start a special process that took several months before a director at the DMV fixed the issue and we were finally able to get the title. The ex continued to threaten us and cause problems and made everyone miserable and cost us thousands in legal fees. Early last year, we got through probate court, but the ex never showed, despite her saying that she was the wife and the sole heir. The court declared the boys as the sole heirs, and my wife is executor of the estate in their names. Instead of showing up, my ex sent an email to the court saying that she couldn't make it because of work. She doesn't have a job, and that Jason was never around the kids. When, in reality, he didn't miss a single high school football game, home, or away, and he never missed a home track meet. She claimed that we were just leeching off of his social security income for the back child support. She went on and on with a bunch of other stupid, irrelevant arguments just to trash my wife and my son's name. And she pretty much said that it doesn't matter what the judge said, that she should inherit everything. During this time, we found out that Jason's name was on the deed of his ex's house. In order to get a reduction in property taxes because of Jason's status as a disabled veteran, she had filed papers to put Jason on the house deed, but not the mortgage. If this crazy woman had just left my kids alone, we would have let it go. But she had pushed things way too far. So, we filed suit for half the house, which in its entirety is worth about $380,000. We went to court-ordered mediation, and she rejected a mediated settlement of a fraction of the value, which we would have taken. She then claimed that she found a will from Jason designating her as the sole heir, in addition to another signed paper that she found as a quitclaim deed from Jason for her house. On Tuesday, we finally went to court over the house deed. She no-showed. The judge had inquiries to the probate court, but she never filed any papers. The trial lasted less than 10 minutes, and the judge awarded us half of this woman's house. The court's going to impanel three lawyers to determine how the property will be sold, and she's going to lose her house. For the first time in her miserable life, she'll face the consequences of her actions. She effed around and found out. My family was looking for a large house to buy, and found the perfect house back in early 2000s. When my dad talked to the owners, they had agreed to getting some plumbing fixed on the house before we moved in if we moved all of their stuff into the two-car garage so it would be easier for them to move. There was also several other things they had to repair, a pool to clean, and a ton of landscaping to be done. My dad did the repairs himself, and used his army of offspring to do all the landscaping, pool work, etc., The house looked amazing compared to how it did before, and we were a week away from moving in. Now, to this day, I don't know why my dad did this, but he paid a cash deposit. There was no paper trail, and the owners decided to take advantage of this. A few days before we were supposed to move in, the owners of the house told my dad that they weren't moving their stuff out of the garage or doing any of the plumbing fixes. They told my dad that he could deal with not having a garage and pay for the plumbing fixes himself or he could F off. And if he didn't like it, they wouldn't refund the deposit. They even said they were thinking of moving someone else in because the new value of the house was higher after all the fixes we'd done. It's important to note here that my father still had a copy of keys to the house. Since my dad hadn't signed any paperwork, there was nothing attaching my dad to the house and no cameras or security system to back him up. He had just been screwed over for a few thousand dollars by the owner and it was maybe two weeks to Christmas. His gift to us that year was going to be giving each of his kids our own room for the first time. Cue revenge. He brought all of us kids over to the house for a little party. Each kid was assigned their own special bit of destruction. Someone was shoveling sand into the pool. My brother with anger issues was told to punch out every hole that we had patched up in the walls. The smaller kids were told to rock the banister on the stairs until it broke. I was told to rip out all the landscaping that we'd done. Every single thing that we had fixed or improved was taken back by very creative and energetic children. While all this was happening, my dad and stepmom went through their garage and took everything that they could either give to family, pawn, or sell. There were high-value collectibles, jewelry, and a computer that my dad later gave to us for Christmas. The next day, my dad told the owners that he had put the keys in the garage with its store open that night for them. He then unplugged his phone and we never heard from those people again. Was it legal? No, not on either end. Did we have a good Christmas? Yes. Was it fun destroying the place? Yes. I created a very tastefully done carpet of hedge branches, torn out flowers, and sand and gravel on the actual carpet of the inside of their house. Our next Reddit post is from Hey There, it's Emily. I'm seeking advice after my ex husband remarried one month after breaking up with me and then asked me to be his second wife. Well, alright. This is a bit of a messed up story. It's a fine mess that I've gotten myself into. So, my ex and I weren't legally married, we had an Islamic marriage contract. We were together for one year. He's a sex addict who cheated throughout that time. He has kids and he ended things with me, because I'm a hot young chick who doesn't wear a hijab, and I'm not Muslim looking enough to be around his kids. His divorce to his kid's mother ended because he cheated on her, and he didn't want them to judge him too harshly for being with me. I don't speak Arabic, and I don't pray five times a day. So he broke up with me, we got back together, and then he broke up with me again. Then we met up for coffee three weeks ago, and he told me that he has a new marriage contract with a new woman. But she has vaginismus, which is a reflex that some women have where their muscles tighten up during penetration. So as a result, passionate hugging is extremely difficult for them, and they're going to doctors to try to figure it out. She wears a hijab and speaks Arabic. He introduced her to his family after two weeks. He told me that she got vaginismus because of trauma from when she was young. The trauma that he told me she went through sounds horrible, and I'm so sorry that she went through that. She sounds like a good woman. She just doesn't know that she's with a huge piece of garbage. I told him, no, I will not be your second wife. Then, yesterday, he called me to try to convince me again to have an open mind, but I don't love him anymore. Even if he wasn't with her, he's not the man that I want to be with. But this poor woman has no idea that he's seeking a second wife. He tries to claim that he'd be unhappy in this marriage and would be more likely to cheat without me. We were dominant-slash-submissive and had amazing intercourse. His new wife isn't submissive and she's trying to learn roleplay. He's going to email me more information about a two-wife setup. He's also emailing me what he typed up at the coffee shop and sending me a copy of the marriage contract. I record his calls and have audio of him talking as well. I also have videos of us passionately hugging. And this is where all the revenge comes in. I'm thinking about gathering all this info and sending it to his new wife. I want to tell her how he told me that she was R worded and has a broken V word, and he would be unhappy with her. But what I want to know is, how can I really make this hurt? I want to mess up his entire life. Well, hold on. When you say you really want to make this hurt, OP, are you saying you want to hurt him or you want to hurt her? Because if you want to hurt her, then sending videos would be the way to do that, but I have no idea why you'd want to hurt her. She's an innocent victim in all this, so why would you want to emotionally torture her? I assume that what you meant is you want to hurt your ex, not her. Well, in that case, OP, just completely blew up his life. Tell his kids, tell his wife, tell his ex-wife, tell his parents, tell his Muslim friends. You know, this is r slash pro revenge after all, so you may as well go scorched earth. And honestly, it couldn't happen to a more deserving guy. That was r slash pro revenge, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.